Welcome back, conscious listeners. If you are new here, my name is Jen, and I am here to expand you and to open your mind up to all kinds of different approaches, mainly based in the heart. And today we're going to be talking about how connection can feel and especially to know when we're feeling disconnected, but mainly so of how we can connect back into ourselves. Sometimes we don't know we're connected unless we know what it feels like to feel disconnected. And when we're feeling disconnected, it can oftentimes feel disjointed or feel out of consistency or out of the routine or just out of the ordinary. Um, We definitely know that we're disconnected when things don't feel on track. I know for me, I feel disconnected when I skip a part of my routine or my schedule looks different or I do something where I I'm not moving my body. There's some sort of element of my consistent routine that's kind of disjointed. And therefore I almost have regrets about like progressing forward or just moving through the day or even, yeah, even being able to stay connected to myself. So listening with the ability to be met in emotional and spiritual places with ourselves is connection. We instinctively know when someone gets us and when someone doesn't. We tend to have that felt sense of connection. And when someone speaks your energetic language, your vibration and your frequency tend to match. It's pretty special. And we're lucky if we get to meet these people that share these aspects with us. When we have that connection and when we have examples of it in our life, it can feel so magnetic. And articulating our needs or understanding each other is what creates attunement. So again, knowing what these things are that make us feel connected will also help us to know when we're not feeling so connected and when we're just feeling disconnected. And there are healthy ways to disconnect. There are healthy ways to unplug and there are healthy ways to check out for a little bit. And that's totally fine. Um, But, you know, it tends to vary. And especially with the different energies, particularly where the planets are aligned, you know, like you just never know how you're going to show up a certain day and how the feelings you have about being disconnected will show up. So, you know, we look to people who deserve to hear our stories and that meet us in our sharing. First, we need to see and recognize and acknowledge that disconnect in order to show up fully for our children. First, we show up for ourselves in order to show up for our children. 
And if we're not doing the inner work to complete ownership and accountability fearlessly, then we won't receive the full benefits of integrity and authentic relationship. And that is clear. This is going to require you to be brave, dynamic, and flexible. Because these skills are timeless and more important now than ever. Children are looking to us for dynamics in everyday life, and it's time to get real about it. Particularly if we feel disconnected, we want to remember to bring a voice to that experience so that when our children are feeling the incongruency, they can be validated in their experience as we voice our experience and as we witness and experience them too. I hear all the time parents sharing with me that they don't want their child to feel a certain way or be rejected or be disapproved or end up a certain way. Yet the very avoidance of the fear of rejection or the fear that the thing that they do not want their child experiencing or ending up like is what is key to mastering the situation that parents want to prevent. You see, when parents come up against resistance of their selves or of their intuition, that might be where we feel disconnect. That might be where we feel out of alignment or out of integrity. And the reframe is to lean into the fear in a way that is really real for us to invite that rejection to say, wow, this is trying to teach me something. And learning what fear and rejection has to offer as learning experience and unblocking perceptions is the key to going and growing through it. Those growing pains are inevitable. Those leaps of faith will promote trust. We also get to examine what we want for our child and notice if that's actually aligned with how we take ownership and accountability for ourselves first. So for those of you who have been listening so far, you know that I am a huge advocate and believer in modeling and through attunement that I believe our children are watching our behavior and they tend to mirror everything that we put out into the world more so than what we preach or teach or say. And because you're listening to this episode, it tells me that you are stepping into this ownership and learning ways to be more accountable for yourself. Because ultimately, that is what you want your children to learn as a result. And if you know your sense, if you know your feeling and you prioritize, your ability to bring a voice to the experiences your child is offering you on those silver platter moments, how they are displaying and showing up to you and to set aside your agenda, to set aside your judgments and your beliefs. And if you aren't afraid to go all in on what makes you unique as a parent, this is going to be your time to shine. This is going to be your time to step out of the shadows and into this abundance of communication. This gets to be your time to exemplify respectful parenting, honestly, because the parent that is the ultimate authority is having this responsibility, coming with the leadership 
that they're stepping into for all of the right reasons. And again, being required to do the inner work first in order to see the external results that we seek, whether that's through our own ability to show up for those around us so that we can rise. When you invest in yourself, you walk the walk and you become the real deal parent. So what happens between these moments when we feel connected but then we disconnect or we disengage or we float off into a cloud. Who knows where we go? Why can we not sustain this reality? What is the necessary natural process to see, think, and feel deeper into our truth? Well, your brain has a fascinating strategy to get you out of uncomfortable situations. It can happen without even consciously noticing because while the brain function is to protect us, it actually serves as the opposite in most cases. Dissociation is, you know, what our body does when we don't want to experience something. It could be called avoidance. It could be called deflection. It could be called denial. It could be called dissociation. And it automatically happens when somebody says something to you that either overwhelms you or reminds you of something that has happened in the past that was hurtful or that you just don't want to think about. And, you know, it's like mentally checking out from your immediate surroundings. It's definitely a defense mechanism due to trauma, conflict, stress, even boredom. Dissociation happens frequently and it is unbeknownst to the person experiencing it. Being able to escape from this feels like protection, but where it is harmful is in relationship because maybe you suspect that what you've learned to be true might be true, but you just blank out because you simply can't find a solution for it. And if there isn't a way to solve it, it can feel stressful in the moment. It can all happen instantly. If the initial thought says, hmm, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, then of course we might deny that reality because it keeps us safe. And mentally turning away from it feels like the best way to deal with something we do not know how to deal with in the moment. And so therefore you can see how it can be a strategy, yet the long-term, you know, situation needs shifting and attending to. So why would dissociation, denial, disconnect, avoidance, why would this be considered like a bad reaction? Does it mean that we're not able to stay present? Is it problematic long-term? Avoidance may create a feeling of hopelessness, yet we're almost never as hopeless as we seem to be or as we think. Avoidance keeps us from working towards resolution. So you could see how we could fail to be accountable or responsible for ourselves in moments of avoidance, and that's totally okay. But with what we know about how, you know, it's trying to just protect us, what if we can resist it to say, 
you know, what we observe and what we call, we could call it out for really what it is and say, okay, this is a hard problem. I need time to think about it. I can't think about it right now, but I can think about it after I validate my emotional brain so that my logical brain can calm down to regain control, right? This might look like saying, I feel worried. I am avoiding right now. I feel overwhelmed. I feel scared. I can now face and find solutions because if I continue to avoid, nothing gets easier. And that's where we tend to invite the not good enough um, in this commonplace of avoidance. And once you recognize it within yourself, you'll be able to see it within others and you'll be able to see it in different relational dynamics in your world. You can even say, you know, I'm going to set this aside for a day and see how I feel about it tomorrow. Sometimes giving it 24 hours is actually a great place to do so because you have a little breathing room, a little wiggle room, and you're not as impulsive as you might be in the moment. And you can even challenge yourself to become aware of your external surroundings. But as soon as you run through your senses, it directly connects your brain and body to become more present. If someone tells you something that you think may be true, but it goes against what you believe to be true, you could see how it would threaten your belief system in general. You might dissociate. And how could you recognize when it's happening and notice and name it rather than avoiding it? If avoidance is a pattern, great, name it. Because once you can do this, you become a better decision maker for yourself and your loved ones. An early relational concept of mirroring applies to all relationship, yet it is such an important need to develop in young relationships when the brain is still forming and when a child who is learning how to be in this world needs constant, consistent repetition after repetition after repetition. So how are solid brain foundations built and maintained in a developing child? Well, the biggest way is through mirroring interactions. Think about when you watch TV and you can actually feel what the characters are experiencing. This has to do with mirror neurons feeling and sensing in our brain. From eye contact to touch to a developing brain, you know, that takes in what's being modeled right before their eyes, the child indicates that they are interested in something and the attentive adult gets to respond. During play therapy, I, as a therapist, get to mirror the child. I get to be the mirror. I get to amplify the internal world. I get to stand by the internal experience. I am a reflection for everything that they share with me. Every moment, sound, word, feeling, embodiment, any dynamic, you name it. 
When the mirroring is returned, it showcases the child's enthusiasm about their findings, about their learnings, and about their observations, their experience, all of it. And the child uses those circuits over and over and over and over again, which would be what we call the awareness phase. So kind of driven by the interaction with the attentive adult. The attentive adult has such a crucial part and plays such a significant role in this healthy brain development. And the response and attention kids receive from an adult in a social and emotional way goes so long for sparking a child's, you know, architecture in their brain and structure and a reliable function for now and for years to come. But in order to build these circuits, their brain structure needs to be reliable and it is crucial for caretakers to actively engage with the child. Now, this is where the real challenge happens because adults obviously don't always have as much energy as children do. And so it can be hard to be fully engaged in a child's process. And it can be a big job to manage this full time. So I completely understand, I completely get it. However, on the flip side, prolonged passive activities will not build solid brain architecture in a developing brain. So it helps to know this because if too much time goes by without this repeated mirroring and genuine eye contact from attentive adult interactions, the child will be much less likely to undertake healthy development. And I don't say this to scare you, but I want you to be aware of it because sometimes again, right? Because development is the largest gap between child and adult, the biggest thing that sets us apart, we can forget that their brain is still forming and norming, right? And children determine the next, you know, the next population that will one day make for a successful society. And I believe the more that we know now to nurture their foundations, the more they're going to be set up for success in the future where they won't have to rely on coping mechanisms and strategies that aren't always necessarily good for their health. So the need for responsive interactions with adults is built in our biology. And when children don't get what they need, their brain actually suffers long-term. So mirroring with our children starts with sound, observation, noticing, and response. When a baby is not particularly attended to, it can be a biological sign of danger. The stress system becomes activated. And in a brain that is constantly in this stress hormone, key synapses will fail to form in critical stages of the brain. And parents often will ask me, you know, do I let them self-soothe? Do I let them cry it out? And again, my advice would be, you know, it's, it's never too much to connect. There's never too much connecting 
there's never too much closeness, eye contact, bonding in this stage of development because the priority is to have the brain wiring in a healthy way. So one important benefit for mirroring you know, with children is that it increases brain development as well as self-esteem, even vocabulary. And when adults occasionally don't respond, like if a child's playing on their own and they need help, a child will be able to explore their environment, which can be healthy. But again, if kids have chronic understimulation or prolonged periods of inattention, which would like be a lack of their basic need of connection, this is where the risk happens. So we have the potential to change child development by simply attuning to kids in a mirroring way. And when we're feeling disconnected, if we can put a voice to that and name that, then we can lean into what's actually occurring. And when we find that our children feel disconnected, we can help them resource and reconnect to themselves and have that deep bond and have that moment of repair as we go through the process of disconnect back to connecting again. So this means looking at our children when we are responding to them, even if it's in a high moment of conflict. So it might take a little effort now, but it'll have huge rewards for the future. And experts are saying that when we attune and mirror to a child, you know, like 70% of the time, we don't always have to be perfect, right? We're going to be busy. We're going to have our hands full, but simply the acknowledgement and the recognition that let's say you don't have the time to respond in the moment, giving them that as a response of, hey, I don't really have time to respond in this moment. I'll be with you shortly, you know? That gets to be a valid response too. So see if you can make a little effort in acknowledging your child's social emotional requests. Also make an effort to acknowledge if you have missed certain moments or maybe where you can improve because again, Perfection is not required for healthy brain development. And if we do miss the mark for these mirroring opportunities, we will always have another chance. We will always have a corrective experience opportunity and another moment to impact the future. So again, maybe you're just starting this work. Maybe you're a little bit more seasoned I don't know, maybe you wanna brush up on your skills. And I want to let you know about a unique opportunity coming up. So I'm inserting a plug for my business. Magic Moments Play is my company that I am so proud of. I work with children and parents to enrich lives. And I have a launch coming up, which means I'm looking for parents who would be an ideal fit for my signature methodology, which is called Magic Moments Parenting Method, Conscious Parenting Solutions. 
which is a high satisfaction 60 day parent coaching program designed for parents to start, grow and evolve their ability to show up in relationship with themselves, their children and their families. And in these 60 days, you're gonna learn how to become the badass leader that you know is in there, who is fierce and unstoppable. Imagine smooth communication with confidence and ease. Imagine knowing exactly what to say and how to say it for yourself in the moment. I'm so proud of the moms who have gone through this program and who have changed their lives and done a complete 180 as they moved through. And what does it actually look like to be a conscious parent, you know, showing up authentically? There's so many different ways and they get to be unique to you. So I'm so proud of the parents who are committed to their process and who have taken a risk and who have invested in their parenting. You know, it's so beautiful to witness and experience and they're carrying forward future generations and becoming solid in their personal development too. And for that, like it's priceless and completely worth it. So if you live for those magic moments too, this is what's going to allow you to have the tremendous impact uh, sitting in your strength and helping your children and watching them grow. So if this sparks any interest for you, you can go visit magicmomentsplay.com to learn more or send me a message if you have any specific questions. And I would love to mentor you and to help you clarify if this would be a good fit, all of that. So just so you're aware of that. And if you love what this podcast has to offer, I know you will love what's inside the program too. And hey, this is literally the time to do it. So never hesitate, even if you just have a question about part of it or anything. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you found this podcast valuable and you know someone who would benefit, please share it with them. I am so excited for you and your awareness And I will see you on the other side. Take good care. Bye.